Hey friends, it's me, Tangia Renee with That's What She Did Podcast, and I am excited to introduce you to our episode sponsor, History Colorado. I love a great museum, and History Colorado is one of my favorites. At eight museums across Colorado, including the Center for Colorado Women's History in Denver, the team at History Colorado wants you to discover a personal and powerful connection. Plus, their incredible Bold Women Change History series is coming back this fall of 2021. Their members support local artists and designers, after-school programs for working families, and educators working with at-risk youth. Find your history at historycolorado.org. Hey there, Inspiration Junkies. It's me, Tangia Renee. And before we get to the show, I'm going to quickly ask for a favor. If you're a fan of the show, we could really use your support. We have the big goal of building resources that will help more women of color and non-binary people amplify their work and leverage the power of their stories through guest blogging and blogging and storytelling and PR training. We need to do two simple things to make that happen. Continue to grow our audience so we can get more stories into more ears and fund a new website that makes blogging, vlogging, and training possible and easy. Now, there's two simple ways that you can help us out right now and help make that happen. First, if you're listening on an app like Apple Podcasts that allows you to leave a review, please give us a five-star review. Reviews actually do go a really long way in helping our show get discovered by new listeners. And if you want to go the extra mile and leave us a written review, they help even more. The second thing you can do is go to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash Tangia Renee and simply buy the show a coffee. It's that simple. All proceeds from Buy Me A Coffee go towards amplifying the voices of more brilliant women. Really simple, easy peasy, just the way I like it. Leave us a review and consider buying us a coffee. Thanks so much for your support and for continuing to share our work. Smooches! You're listening to That's What She Did Podcast. I'm your host, Tangia Renee. That's What She Did Podcast is a show about the women leaders, innovators, and rebels you probably don't already know. And I'm crazy excited to have you here because this is season seven the Movement Makers Edition. All season long, we're bringing you incredible, impactful women who are finding cool and innovative ways to move their communities forward. They're creating movements one way or another. I'm so excited to have you here. If you find value here, please consider sharing this show with your friends because that helps us grow. And head over to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Renee, and you can buy the show a coffee. All proceeds for this show go to amplifying the voices of more impactful women. Thank you for joining us, and let's get started. Hey there, my fellow inspiration junkies. I truly hope you're enjoying our season seven guests as much as I have. After today, we are only three episodes away from the end of the season. It certainly goes by quick. And as I do every season, I want to remind you that we are looking for guests for our next season, season eight, which is due out March of 2022. Now, every season we pick a theme and the season eight theme has been selected. It's going to be the She Knows Money season. 
season eight will be all about talking to women and non-binary experts who are going to teach us the ins and outs of getting money, keeping money, and making that money work for us. If you're a woman or non-binary money expert or know someone you think should be on this show, I want to hear from you. Send me your episode pitch or refer me to someone you think should be on the show by emailing that's what she did podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for your help. Now, for this week's guest, I am thrilled to introduce you to Kim Guerra, the founder of Brown Badass Bonita and one of my favorite online small businesses. Brown Badass Bonita is a brand and movement that she considers to be a work of self-love and an expression of her love for her community. Guerra is the author of Mariposa and Mija, both collections of bilingual poems, affirmations, and revolutionary love letters. Today, she's sharing with us her journey through self-discovery and her own personal revolution and everything that she's learned so far in creating a beautiful self-love movement. Thank you for joining me here on the show. I know that you can spend your time anywhere, yet you choose to spend it with me. For that, I am forever grateful. Thank you. Now let's get started. Welcome back, everyone, to season seven, the Movement Makers season of That's What She Did podcast. I am so, so thrilled, so excited to introduce you to this week's guest because I've been following Kim Guerra for while. You may know her as Brown Badass Bonita from Instagram and online store and all kinds of other things. She's an activist. She's an artist. She's a writer, uh, a creator on so many levels. And I finally had the opportunity to bring her on the show and introduce her to you all. So I'm just so, so, so excited to do that. Please welcome to the show, Kim Guerra of Brown Badass Bonita. Welcome, Kim. Gracias. Look, it's amazing. Again, like we're finally getting to connect and I I love what, the work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I love what, what you've been doing. I've been silently following you for a long time. And I was like, one of these days, I'm going to think of a reason to get her on the show. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> and the Movement Maker season, I think, is the perfect, perfect opportunities that we can dive into what you're doing in the world, why you created Bound, Badass Bonita, and, and just the whole story. So I'm so excited to have you here. Yes, yes, yes. Movement maker. <laughs> that itself is powerful. I hope so. So Kim, start us off by telling us how you came to the, the place where you are now. So you started Brown Badass Bonita a while ago. You have since then delved into several other avenues. But before we talk about all of those, who is Kim today? What are you doing now? How did you get here? Who Today, I say I am a mujer mariposa, a woman who has given herself wings and continues to evolve and transform and learn and unlearn. So who I am today, I am a queer mujer and a powerful mujer who has found her voice. And it was not always that the case. So that so even saying that has been, you know, a huge part of my growth and my journey. And I'm a therapist. I have my master's in marriage and family therapy, a writer. And I, I would like to say I I am somebody that is that wants to see her community 
also grow wings and heal and move forward and step into collective liberation together. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for you? T- talk about that collective liberation. Okay, there we're still there's still a lot of work to do. Not only within our community. If we start, I always say like start with ourselves. There's a lot of internal liberation that we need to work on, which you know, healing from trauma and stepping into like revolutionary self-love that expands and translates into a community that you love yourself enough to not stay where you are or to heal those wounds. And then that also applies to community that we, we see the places that our community still needs to heal, that our community still needs rights and advocacy and to step in and be part of the reason why our community walks towards not only equality, but justice and equal representation and joy and healing and to stepping into living and thriving and not just surviving mm-hmm. and to see ourselves as I can be a part of that. I can be a part of that movement. I could be a reason why women in my community are healing. I can be a reason why the next generation is not going to be fighting for the same things and same rights and privileges and benefits and because I fought for that for them, for us. Mm-hmm. Now, in following Brown, that was bonita. I know that that philosophy, it, it seems to me anyway, to be behind um, the branders, maybe the inspiration for starting Brown, Badass Bonita. So if you could tell us about the business and why you started it and what are you hoping to do there? Ooh, well, it did not start off as like a business or like, yeah, you know, I'm going to start off this brand. And it started off like, again, with something that I needed. I was, I was at the time I was living in Seattle, newly married to a white man. And I felt like I was losing myself. And I was in a bathtub having a little existential crisis. who am I and what am I doing and you know what are the parts of me that I'm that I'm missing that I feel like I'm losing that I want to fight for celebrate embrace and those words you know brown badass bonita came to me and uh I remember I'm like okay I need to write this down and I started you know to get my phone I got back in the tub and I started playing around with designs and um created like this little graphic uh and I'm like, oh, that was a very cute on the shirt. I'm like, I'm going to make a shirt for myself. I can wear it as a reminder of this moment, of this commitment to myself. And oh, um, so I made a shirt. It got there like a week later. I was excited to, you know, put it on. I put a picture on Instagram and blew up. And it was like, you know, women from all over the world. Like, hey, I'm a brown badass bonita too. Like, where can I get a shirt like that? It was like, nobody, nobody had told me that that existed. And I'm, that's me. So that's how it's. The business started where it was just like one shirt that people wanted. And through that, I got to connect, you know, with women and people and our community that I really, really needed at that time and still need. It, it became a, a movement. It became a brand. It became a source for us to gather and to learn together and grow. And I started to share my writing and I kept creating shirts. And 
now we have grown a lot and it's something that I feel changed my life completely. But it was from that, you know, that one moment where I chose to love myself and fight for myself and celebrate who I am and also who I am becoming. Mm-hmm. And that, that's how it started. What do you think it was about that very first t-shirt that launched this entire brand and this movement? What do you think it was about that particular saying or design that spoke to so many people? The design was simple. It was like I had taken a picture of Bougainvilleas because that flower reminded me of LA and Mexico. Mm -hmm. Um, And they're very resilient. They're like resilient flowers, bright and brown, badass, bonita. For me, what it felt like, and I think for a lot of people, is like you don't usually see those three things together growing up. I didn't see a lot of like brown women celebrated and or seen as badass and beautiful and being a woman of color. So when I combined those three, I was like, I can be all three at the same time. And most of my life I'd seen as like the like women of color, like like Latinas as like the side character. That was either like the feisty Latina or like in the music videos. And I felt like very, we had very limited options or representation of how we could take up space in this world. And then I started to remember, like, think about the women in my life. I'm like, they're so fucking badass and resilient and beautiful. And they're also like soft and they're, you know, guerreras and. And it kind of expanded my mind of how I'm like, I don't want to just limit myself to be like this one type of, of person of Latin. And I want to, I am badass and I am beautiful and I want to celebrate those parts of me. And especially in Seattle, I felt Seattle's like a very white city. Uh-huh. And it's really missing community. I was missing my culture and my family and that's also something that I want to celebrate so what do you feel like this journey has from the time that you put that first t-shirt out there and and, and all the ways that it's grown since then how do you think it's changed you or how have you grown on this journey so far actually actually I haven't grown (laughs) everything I feel like every if what I think about who I was then at that time to who I am now, I feel everything, every part of me has grown and um, experienced life and love and light in a different way. As soon as I started to actively love myself and make that daily choice, my whole life changed. I, I got a divorce, I got my master's, I started a business, I wrote books, and I learned that and most importantly, like the most important, powerful thing I could ever do with my life is love myself, is use my voice, is take up space and uh, live a life. Like I say, to give it my all and to be present and to not let fear be what stops me or what rules me. So a lot of the stuff that I've done, like writing a book, I, I was always too scared to even share it or tell people that I like to write. 
And one of the, my choices, if I love myself or if it was somebody that I love, what would I tell them when it came to this fear? Like what I tell them to keep writing or to be like, you know, you listen to that fear girl, like you don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so if it, I'm like, if I love myself, I'm going to love myself enough to believe in my dreams and believe in my worth and believe in the power of my voice. And that's been, I think, the biggest part that's changed about me is believing and choosing to love myself. And that changes everything. Yeah, it changes everything. Absolutely, it does. And so when you talk about Brown Badass Bonita, I know that like on the website and in the brand, you talk about how you have built it to be a statement and a shield. What does that mean? I want people who wear my stuff to feel like they're like a walking revolution. Like when you wear a shirt and like you're stating, this is who I am, or this is how I'm taking up space in the world. And also a shield in that I felt, I feel like very powerful when I wear my shirt. And I also feel kind of like protected in that this is who I am and I'm standing by it. And I also have, you know, a community that stands with me. And one of the shirts I created, it, it says like, I stand with like black, brown, indigenous, queer, Muslim, undocumented humans. And I created that shirt around the time, like when Trump got elected. Her hair is feeling just so one else pursed. <laughs> I was like, I need to do something. And there's so many people in my community and other you know, targeted and oppressed communities that were very scared. And at that point too, it's like, you don't, you didn't, for me, I'm like walking down the street. I don't know who I can trust or how things are going to be after this. So I'm like, I want to do something and I want people to know one, where I stand, but also that I'm a safe person for them, that I'm like fighting for them, that I you know, even if it's with a shirt, I want them to know that there's people out there standing up and rooting and protesting. And, and that shirt, I remember I wore it and it felt like a statement. It felt like a shield, but it also felt a little bit like an invitation for conversation for those that were interested. But it also gave me a lot of dirty looks. Mm-hmm. People started to read that. They'd be like, oh, mm. <laughs> how dare you <laughs> so rude how dare you like stand for <laughs> supporting humans <laughs> and but there was people that would just like say hey thank you i really like your shirt and there's people that got the shirt and would wear it to the marches and the protests and that that was really really hard yes yes i can see that for sure do you think so what I want to talk about is, is what is the walking revolution? What is the movement, right? And, and so I think there's a lot of skepticism out there. I think there's people that will look at a t-shirt and go, oh my God, like how, how, whatever. It's just a t-shirt. That doesn't have any impact on anybody. You're just a capitalist. That's all that you really are. And you don't actually care about anything except your bottom line. So what do you say to that? I feel that I'm like, one, wear the shirt and see what happens. <laughs> okay, fair enough. 
Um, but I mean, I can only, one, I could speak for myself and the people that have connected with me and, um, how like when you're in a city or a, a place where it is not safe for you to exist and to be yourself and you see somebody who without knowing them, without saying anything, you simply read a shirt that says like, I'm standing with you in a time where it feels like the whole world is against you and attacking you, that in itself is, is a connection there. Okay. And it brings, it brought it people together, like from, it continues to do so, like from, pe- from people that were strangers to then people like, hey, like that's, that's my community right there. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's standing with me, that's fighting for me. And also a lot of my shirts too are based on like self-love. And as BIPOCs, that in itself, like choosing to love yourself when you live in a society and culture that thrives off of you hating yourself and being insecure and internalizing that oppression, like choosing to love yourself and to take a stand and say, hey, I am a woman, I'm a queer woman, Latina that loves herself. That in that for me is a revolution because I know that one, it revolutionized my life. But two, I know I've seen and know the power of like women and people like choosing to love themselves mm-hmm. in a world that, you know, has made us feel inferior. And part about capitalism, a lot of the work that we do, or even just like one, having a business, being a small business owner, you know, that is part of the capitalist world. And it also depends, like, what are we doing? What am I doing, like, with the funds and, like, with the platform? And mm-hmm. how am I using the power and privilege that I have, however limited, with and for a community? But that is, like, a constant, constant conversation and also, like, a constant check that I need to put on myself. It's like, okay, there's some shirts that we donate like a percentage or we just started uh, the Usatu Vos campaign this year and we have chosen like two recipients of a $500 grant to continue to use their voice and that comes from like the money from the shirts. Uh, so like trying to shift more of the work that we do to like also uplift community and but girl, it's like a struggle than being it's like, mm-hmm. like a small business owner. It's a constant Como, como se dice, a constant movement towards like collective liberation in, in whatever capacity I have. Mm-hmm. It is tough. Yes, it's tough to be a small business owner. Trust me, I know. I feel you. <laughs> it was a constant battle <laughs> for sure. Yes, yes. What do you think is are some of the bigger impacts? that you've seen come out of Brown Badass Bonita? It's been a lot of things that I didn't even know or expect. When I started to share my work, I had so many people reach out to me that, oh my goodness, like you're saying things that I really needed to hear growing up or 
you saying that has inspired me to leave this abusive relationship, to start going to therapy, to start my own business, to write my own book, to organize and to to vote. And throughout my journey, I've had the privilege and the just like the honor of seeing mujeres who like have given themselves wings and like I'm seeing them flying today and I'm seeing them give their community different outlets and sources and resources to also grow wings and that part has been a huge you know eye-opener my work you know has been recognized in like Oprah and I got like a Premio Juventud Last year, or like no, two years, you know, last year as an agent of change for Nimisión. And those are things that are, they still, in, in Spanish, like, me sacan de onda, like, they still kind of like throw me off because my, I didn't know that this was like going to be like the impact that my work is having. And it motivates me like to keep going. And to a lot of it has come to continue to pick up space and mm. to grow and invite people into that process with me. And I, I feel that even with this campaign, like Usa Tu Voz, I've got to see, I've always wanted us to be a reason why we stop passing on that lie in our culture like that. When we tell girls, Calladita te es más bonita, you look most beautiful when you're quiet. When you're quiet, yep. And, you know, and starting this campaign and seeing how many people have been participating and the messages and the stories that I've gotten from, from daughters, from moms, from dads that have told me that they have, like, oh, I never even thought of it that way. And I'm not going to say that anymore. And that is huge for me because I know the impact that that phrase had in my life and made me silent for many years and go through really difficult things versus changing that narrative. I'm like, if I can do that for a, a family, for a girl, for a woman, like that in itself is really significant for me. So what exactly is the Usatubos campaign? So use your voice campaign. What are you doing there? So for the Usa Tu Voz campaign, it's inviting people to stop passing on that phrase, the Calleita Te Ves Más Bonita, mm-hmm. and start encouraging young girls and women to use their voice. And so there's a shirt, and then people applied to be a part of, like, to be a part of the campaign and to receive the grant. So you, and then they, they share, this is how I'm using my voice. And we have like over a hundred applicants. It was beautiful to see how they're using their boys and how they're inviting their community to change that narrative. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's still going on and people, you know, of all ages have been participating and kind of also like taking up that invitation to use their voice. When a lot of people, a lot of women, like before they're like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize like how much I didn't use my voice or how I've always been scared or I was taught to not stay quiet. And um, mm-hmm. we we have like baby clothes too. <laughs> the cutest to see um, people like say like, I'm going to teach my baby to use her voice from day one. And like that, like it always gets me emotional because I'm like, how much different will their lives be and our lives be 
if they're taught like that there's power and beauty in their voice instead of their silence. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Was there a moment for you, like a single moment or was it a series of moments where you finally started to use your voice? Because in your writing, you talk about how you had to, you overcame several things. Like earlier in the show, you talked about how you were married and that wasn't working out for you. And in your writing, you talk about overcoming sexual assaults and having to use your voice and feeling like you couldn't talk about that. Was there a single moment for you when you just said, I can't do that anymore? Yeah. What was that? If you don't mind sharing. I don't mind. Well, the first time I spoke up about the abuse, sexual abuse, that went really bad. <laughs> like I was pretty much like ostracized from my family and just made to feel really horrible about using my voice. And I remember one of the courage that I had to like must like gather over the years to finally speak up and then to like receive kind of like that response made me feel so like torn. And I also, so I want to acknowledge that because like using your voice is like not a one-time thing. It's like a practice. And then going to therapy helped me a lot to heal from a lot of that pain and that shame and that fear of using my voice. And that was a huge part of my journey that led to me. It was like, I, I remember I was like looking at myself and I made the choice. Like, it's either I choose to love myself and like, do I want to live a life in which I love myself or in which I am suffering or, or in which I am scared and I chose to love myself. And I remember that was like the moment where everything started to change and it wasn't like overnight but it was internal. So like, it was like an everyday, I had to ask myself, how will I love myself today? Is this loving to me? Is how this person treating me a loving way or something I deserve? Am I going to speak up? Am I going to set boundaries? Am I going to keep writing and creating and believing in myself? And somebody I remember told me too, it's that when I was like, Try in that unhealthy marriage, they, somebody is like a random stranger on the internet <laughs> told me like, your life is just as important. So like, that's it. That's all she said. I never met her, never talked to her again. I just said, thank you. But that like planted a seed in me. And like, if I believe that, if I believe that my life, my needs, my rights, my voice are just as important, how is that going to change my life? And it did, because I'm like, oh, wait. It w I would reflect then and like, oh, wait, I, my voice is important in this moment because who I am is important. And I'm going to choose to protect and fight and celebrate who I am instead of silencing, instead of quieting and minimizing and dismissing. And again, like that does change everything and it has it has still be an everyday choice of how am I going to love myself today 
How am I going to honor myself? How am I going to use my voice? Is this loving to me? And I think that's like been the everyday question that has carried me through and made me who I am today. (laughs) I'd like to introduce you to one of my favorite places on the internet, the Free Body Society, an online apparel store that creates empowering t-shirts, hoodies, tank tops, and accessories to inspire women to be bold and embrace their bodies, no matter their size. The Free Body Society is on a mission to ensure all women feel powerful and free in their bodies. From the perfect breathable tank for your next workout to a cozy crop top hoodie for those days when you want to make a statement or simply lounge it out, the Free Body Society has you covered. Personally, the super soft hoodies are my favorite. In fact, I'm wearing my curvy AF hoodie right now. I've never felt anything softer on my skin. Anytime I wear it out, I get a ton of compliments. And I love wearing the hoodies to the gym or out running errands because they just make a statement and draw people in. Any of the tops can be dressed up with a cute full skirt, jeans, and a blazer, or just throw on a tank and be workout ready. The options are endless. For being a listener of the That's What She Did podcast, you get 15% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on any order over $35. All you have to do is use code SHEDID at checkout, and the discounts are all yours. That's code SHEDID at checkout. Don't forget to head over to freebodysociety.com today and hit that discount code. Smooches! I love it. Yes, it's a choice. And I think I think you do hit on something when you talk about revolutionary self-love. That, especially when you come from a culture where silence is what you're taught or everybody's adhering to the unspoken rule of being silent or keeping someone silent. The act of just believing that you're important and acting on that I think is revolutionary. I mean, at least for me, yes. Like I, I felt my myself changing first, mm-hmm. and then I saw my life change around me. And it also comes with resistance because you know, in my family, in my family, when they started to see me speak up and set boundaries and step into my power and myself it brought a lot of resistance you know like the or who does she think she is like why is she, she i was like challenging the well, by breaking the silence that changes the whole system and many of our families are structured around that silence around keeping the family secrets around you know moving on and sweeping things under the rug and protecting the family at all costs. And I challenged that and they challenged me right back. And I've seen my family experience like healing after because I like, I refused to go back to that way of operating. And because I was refusing, they also had to adjust and now my mom and my grandmother, my siblings, 
like have started their own journeys of healing and learning to love themselves and learning to set and respect boundaries. And it's changed my family in many ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I've had my own experiences with that. As a therapist yourself, where do you think this culture of silence comes from? And it's not, yeah, we have it in the Latino community, right? But it's not just in the Latino community. It's all over the place. What do you think that's about when you come up against that? A lot of that is rooted in like, like systems of oppression, like machismo and mm-hmm. uh, racismo, but also a lot of it is like when we internalize that, like we internalize that oppression and we see ourselves as less than. And when there is shame and wounds and trauma, that just everything reinforces that silence. Everything, you know, if you grew up hearing and seeing that as a woman or a person of color, you want to please the white people you don't want to rock the boat you know especially like in my family in my case it's like my caregivers were undocumented and there was a just like a constant fear of you know make yourself small hide please the people in power and in a way be grateful that they're letting you exist and in seeing the relationships in my family growing up they were not really healthy relationships so and I saw like women be silent and women like be told like this is what you can do what you cannot do where you're allowed to talk where you're not allowed to talk so everything is connected and like you internalize that like oh you really do go for me at least I went against all those things I saw growing up and as a therapist I see a lot of my clients go through the same thing of like if I speak up that makes me a bad woman. Or if I set boundaries, like my mom is going to be mad or my system is going to be threatened. Mm-hmm. So it is a big part. Is like we have to unlearn that internalized depression, unlearn and challenge like those things that we have believed that make us less worthy or less, you know, a lot of it is shame that we feel ashamed of of who we are, of our voice, of our story. And the work of it all is unlearning that and challenging it and believing that you are worthy and that your voice is important in a world where they tell you to be quiet and to just listen to others without questioning. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In in building brown, badass will need the what what do you think i mean obviously you're still doing more things right you're fine you're doing this new campaign you're writing books you're you do arts you do all kinds of things what is the ultimate impact you hope to have with it ultimate impact i feel like that's constantly growing and changing but i would love to continue to grow the community in in a way that we we really do connect whether it's having like having a community center or that people come to or like doing retreats in which people can come and connect and and like go out into their community and feel that like that sense of you know there's a group of badass bonitas that are backing me up cheering me on in my journey and 
So I want to have that connection outside of just like social media. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel that more strongly after the pandemic. Community is what carried us through. Whether it was virtual and but we also one community carried us through, but then we also saw like how much we need we need community and like the the value of being connected and present with people that that feel like home. Mm-hmm. So with Brown Badass Bonita, I want to continue to build that connection globally to reach mujeres all over the world and and hopefully see them also grow wings and step into their power. And whatever. And that looks different for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Now, there are a lot of entrepreneurs, small business owners that listen to the show, mostly women. So I would, they would probably be pissed at me if I didn't ask you about, about this. So what do you think has made you successful in business? That's a good question. (laughs) I think that it has been one, like putting myself out there because I've met a lot of like small business owners and entrepreneurs that they have beautiful concepts and beautiful ideas. And yet there's this fear of like, but what are, what if people don't like it? Or what if, does it sell or, and then they hold on to their ideas. And for me, which is like one of my strengths and my weaknesses, I'm a big idea person and I'm like, let's do it. I want to see this you know, become a reality, but I also want to see this out there in that kind of, I'm an Aries. So I'm just like, like to take action <laughs> and be first in And a lot of it is like, is this something that I like, that I'm proud of, that I need? And if it's a yes to those questions, then I'm like, let's move forward. Let's do it. So not, not being afraid to put myself out there have, has led me not one to knock on doors and just be like, Hey, this is me and this is my stuff. Like, let's work together. Let's make this happen. And so not being afraid to put yourself out there, to knock on doors, to connect with community and trust community in the process. And then two, putting yourself out there and trying. For me, it's like a lot of it is like trial and error. And that leads to like different opportunities that I didn't even know I'd find myself in and learn not being afraid to say yes to those. I got yeah, like just different random invitations that I'm like, how in the world? One, how did they find me? But two, am I even qualified for this? Mm-hmm. And like that imposter syndrome is always there. So I would say, say yes and like trust in the power of your work and trust in the power of community because I feel like community has been what has allowed me to make my side gig into my my I get my main gig mm-hmm. like that my side gig became a, a business or a, a brand and a movement and if I thought many many times that I wanted to when I was like oh should should I make that jump to like commit to it whether it was like I had the choice of Making that jump and like, okay, I'm going to go full time with Brown Badass Juanita and see what happens. <laughs> or it was like, I'm going to just commit to this night to five and keep that in the back burner. 
And I'm so glad I did. And saying yes to writing the book and going on a book tour. I, in that part, I remember I like put up a story on Instagram and I said, I wrote this book. I want to go out, like, where should Brabara Sonita go this year? And I almost deleted that story because I was like, hey, people are going to tell me, you should go Stay home and her business. And I was about to delete it because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, who do you think you are asking people where you should go this year? Like, and I almost deleted it. And I was going to, except I like got distracted. I went to walk my dog. And, and then I came back and like, it's like over 200 people responded in my messages. Come mm-hmm. here. I'm a community organizer. If you're serious about this, like, we can make this event happen and this event happen and this event happen. So within that day, people said, yes, like we want you to come here. And that's how my book tour happened. And I packed up my whole life in Seattle and went on this book tour the next, you know, that year, like three months later, no, two months later, I was out on the road and it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life that connected me to, to people that feel like family now. So what advice would you have for someone out there there there's a there's somebody listening that's going to listen to this episode and is thinking about doing something or they've started something and feel like I want to commit more time to this but I don't know what if this what if that what is your advice to that person I just had this conversation yesterday with my friend an artist friend who wants to do dedicate their their time full t- fully to their artwork and their business and I would say, when I told them, one, like the, when you are aware of your purpose, but also your calling in life, honor that and also trust. Like, do what you need to do to walk in that, because that's when you're going to feel not only be most successful, but feel most alive and f- feel like you're walking in alignment to. And in truth to yourself and your gifts and your talent. And for me, it's like fight and protect that dream that you have. And that's one of the things that I, the mantras that I live by is like fight and protect that dream and that gift, no matter what costs, like do what you got to do to make sure that you're honoring that and that your dream and your goals are more important and sacred than your fear. And the, you know, you are going to fail. It's not going to be like this magic fairyland thing that happens once you're like, yes, follow me, Jake. <laughs> Everything <laughs> falls magically into place. Sometimes it does, which is amazing. But other times it's really hard and it, it, it requires like a constant practice of believing that it's worth the fight and worth the investments and worth the moves and the changes that you need to do to make that your reality. But does that work it? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. So around here, I like to call our listeners inspiration junkies because, I mean, that's why they listen to the show. Because, right, <laughs> I, I am lucky to, to be able to have these incredible women be on the show that are just so inspiring and doing really incredible things. So I would love to know what inspires you or what are you currently inspired by? I am inspired or well, currently 
been living in Mexico. So a lot of it has been reconnecting to, to cultural roots and seeing, I'm learning a lot about like women specifically who challenge like rules and social norms, like those badass women in history, like that's always something that inspires me. And I aim to, to be one of those women who, you know, a mujer that said me vale and I'm going to do me and I'm going to do things differently and challenge and break rules if I need to in order to create this change that I see as needed in the world and in my life. And so that's one of my biggest sources of inspiration. It's reading or listening or seeing the work of women who, badass women who dare to to be different and dare to, to say, fuck that, let, I'm going to do it. And that that carries me forward. And my grandma's one of those. She's a the grandma's a little wild and intense. And she always challenges me to I mean, she challenges me in many ways. <laughs> <laughs> but overall she's like a badass woman that when she was my age, she received a lot of shit from a lot of people for being who she was. And she stuck to herself. And she stuck to to believing in herself and just doing what she wanted. And that's she's always an inspiration. Yeah, I love it. Thank you so much, Kim. I loved having you on the show. You know I love Brown Badass Gormitas. It's one of the the places on Instagram that I go to when I feel a little down and need a little bit of, of a push myself. So thank you for all that you are creating in the world and for helping to inspire the inspiration junkies that come back to this show. So thank you so much. Kim, how, what is the best way for our listeners to connect with you or follow you? Just learn more about what you're working on. I would say follow me on Instagram, Brown Badass Bonita. And we also have a Facebook group on, I always say it, we always also have a Facebook group on Facebook. (laughs) We have a group on Facebook called Brown Badass Bonita. And there I like to invite people because it's more, a little bit more intimate and you can connect with other, you know, badass bonitas and support one another and share kind of what your projects are or if you need help or something or want to organize something. That's a great place to go and connect. And we also have book club within the group. We do a book club or sometimes just like a Zoom hangout. And that's a beautiful way to connect and create community as well. Wonderful. So we will connect in the show notes uh, to your links, Kim, to get to give our listeners just like be a click away from you and so they can connect. But you know how we do. We connect all of the time. So go to the show notes, look up Brown Battles Bonita, connect, follow, maybe get in the group. Check out the shirts for sure. They're so cute and super inspiring. Get yourself a T-shirt. There's so many different designs and sayings on there. And they are conversation starters. And I love that about the shirt. So check them out. But yes, be prepared. They're strong statements. And you know, I, I love a good strong statement. <laughs> so check it out. Don't forget to head over to buy me a copy if you want to support this show. So there are very simple ways to support the show. You can head over to buy me a coffee and buy me a virtual coffee, which goes to support the production of this show. Or you can share an episode on social media and with your friends. And you can give us a review on Apple 
podcasts. So we love five stars, but if you give a written review, that's even better. And that's what helps us grow this show. We have grown to a global audience because of your shares, because of your recommendations. We don't spend any money on marketing because you all are so, so, so awesome. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Please continue to share the show. Let people know why they should be listening to this show. And I love you forever. Until next time, we out. We out.